It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show. Happy Halloween weekend to everyone. Ah, yes, finally, the big weekend is upon us, is here. Some of you have been celebrating since Wednesday, and some of you have been actually celebrating Halloween all year. I've, I've seen you. You're out, you're out there. I saw some of you on the strip earlier this week, and it's interesting. But anyway, it's all in fun. Just stay safe. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anyone else out here. And uh, just have some fun here in Vegas for Halloween. There's nothing like there's nothing really nothing like Vegas, but there is especially is nothing like Halloween in Vegas. So, you know, wrap up with your boo thing, your boo thing, significant other, or just just say boo. Just don't boo-hoo. Just have fun. Just have a lot of fun. Win some money. Just have some fun here on us. Well, listen, we have a great show here. We have three guests. Actually, how many? No, we don't. We have more than that. We have more than three guests. We have guests from NBC's The Voice from Team John Legend, a singer, Kim Cruz, who beat out a contestant during the battle rounds on The Voice. We have a best-selling author. She has a new book out called Crazy Old Ladies, The Story of Hag Horror. Yes, there is a category, a genre in film called the hag exploitation, hag horror. Oh, God. Yeah, love it. So she's going to be joining us all the way from Scotland yeah, Edinburgh, to tell us about her new book. And we also have two of the cast members of the hit show on the Peacock Network, the show One of Us is Lying. So season one was a big hit, and now season two has begun. And we have two of the cast members that will be joining us. So before we do anything and get to those guests, I'm going to go get me some corn candy. I love corn candy. I know it takes like, some people say corn candy is like, candles candle wax okay but it's still good so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll have our first guest we'll be right back We are continuing to roll right along here on Film Festival Radio Show. This is our Halloween weekend show. A lot of you out there probably are, man, I just don't even want to think about what probably is going on with Halloween in Vegas, (laughs) but it's all in fun. Well, listen, let's talk about our next two guests here. How many of you are fans of the drama show one of us is lying on peacock you know about that show it's a thriller type show one of us is lying well season one uh has come and gone and now season two just began uh just a few days ago actually it will be uh eight episodes in all again on the peacock network and one of us is lying if you have not seen it 
And if you love the genre of suspense and drama and murder, uh, this might be your show if you have not seen it. But it is based on the New York Times bestselling book, One of Us is Lying, by Karen McManus. And the first season, uh, the storyline uh, basically is about what happens when five high school kids end up in detention Five go in, but only four come out alive. Hmm, what happens? Everyone is a suspect. Everyone is a suspect and everyone has something to hide. Don't you hate when that happens? Anyway, um, the conclusion of season one was kind of like a cliffhanger there. So season two has begun. And if you haven't seen so already, this may be a good time to go binge watch it. And uh, we have two guests cast members from the show, Annalisa Cochran and Chib Uche are two of the stars from the cast. And it is a hit. It is a hit show. And I had the opportunity to chat with them. We had to pre-record all of our guests this week because of, you know, Halloween weekend and all that. Everybody was just everywhere. So let's take a listen to my chat just a few days ago with two of the cast members from One of Us is Lying on the Peacock Network, Annalisa Cochran and Chib Uche. So let's roll it with these two right now. Good morning, Annalisa and Chib. How are both of you? We're doing Good great. Morning. How are you doing? Thank you for having us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you two, of course, are uh, principal stars of uh, One of Us is Lying, now available streaming on the beautiful Peacock Network there. And so here we are in season two. Can you just started like less than a few hours ago here, actually. So give us a give us kind of a what can we expect that's going on with your characters and anything you can tell us for season two? I would say for season two, our characters, we kind of pick up right where we left off in season one. We start running. Our characters are hiding a very big secret uh, that happened at the end of season one. And things have gotten definitely darker for everyone involved. Everyone's trying to cover up something, but there is a mysterious um, new force kind of on the loose, otherwise known as Simon Says, that's beginning to toy with them. And so you really start to see these characters crack a bit under this new pressure. Ah, so it's a new, even more darker, even more secrets here. Oh, goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, during the break, uh, you know, from season one, did either one of you, do, you know, do the producers, do the writers, did they, do they give you guys a clue as to what your characters might be doing for the next season or what? Um, actually, for the most part, and I think each show is different, but on our show, um, we're finding out a lot of, you know, we don't receive our scripts until really soon before we go to shoot. And then that's just the initial episodes. And then we receive some of the later episodes while we've already began filming. So, um, definitely not during our hiatus. Um, but yeah, we're, we're kind of on our own mystery, um, like the viewers are trying to figure out what will happen to our characters and what their journey will be. Does that make playing the roles uh, even more fun or interesting, or what does that do for both of you? I enjoy it. I enjoy um, 
I know some people, everyone's different, but for me, I kind of like being present with my character um, at that, at their, you know, at that point in their journey. And obviously I have some idea of where the story's going to go just so I can adequately prepare. But I do like just being lost in the, the very present moment with my character so that I'm not, you know, jumping the gun in any sort of way and just staying true to the very real um, present moment. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds good. And what about you, Annalisa? Yeah, I kind of have to just kind of go along with what Chip said. It really helps to just kind of be present and like take each kind of moment to moment. And it just helps you, I think, in your brain compartmentalize and do what you need to do. Because um, action can be a bit of a doozy sometimes. It's <laughs> just confusing all over the place. Well, as we know, this show, uh, One of Us is Lying Again on the Peacock streaming on Peacock Network. Um, Storylines, characters, uh, not your typical high school types, uh, you know, kids dealing with, with, with helicopter type parents coming out the closet, bad relationships, mm -hmm. college freshmen, all of that, applications, I should say. Anything from this show, did, did either one of you have any kinds of, when you were in high school, deal with any of this kind of issues or had friends that were dealing with things like this? I would say friends, seeing friends deal a lot with it, for sure, especially kind of the helicopter parents, um, even issues with principals and stuff. Nothing quite, nothing quite as intense or dark as a murder accusation, luckily. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. I would agree. Yeah. I think. I think. You know, everything's heightened in Bayview, <laughs> but um, definitely some of the topics that were touched upon, uh, that are touched upon in our show, um, I saw not necessarily with me, but within my high school community. Um, yeah. What kind of feedback are you guys getting from the kids who are in this age group who, who are fans of the show? For the most part, it's, Anna, you want to take that? No, go ahead. Um, yeah, I would say for the most part, like the the feedback that at least reaches me is positive. Um, I know, I know. Initially, there was, um, I think, because it's based on such a popular book. I know that fans of the book had a lot of opinions on, you know, the TV show being made and some of the casting choices. But ever since being introduced to the characters that we've portrayed on this show, I think that the feedback has been like overwhelmingly positive, which is really cool. That's good. Okay. And Annalisa, what about on your part? I would say also similarly, the feedback that kind of maybe we let our reach our ears has been pretty positive. And what's fun is the show, the age group that kind of really gets involved with it. They're so vocal on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram. And so it's very fun to see their takes on everything. And they're, I mean, these kids are awesome. Like they're making, I'm a kid, but like they're making fan edits that are just so, um, such a fun way to see the show and that I would never think of. And they're kind of, they take the show and they kind of make it their own in their own way. And it's very fun to kind of see what they're doing and the memes that come out of it. And, you know, they're funny. 
It's a funny, funny group. <laughs> well, in my last three minutes, I, I've got to ask both of you this, you know, these are personal questions. Uh, and Lisa, I understand that you spent a lot of your childhood years growing up in India. Uh, what was so, what was cool about growing up in India, part of your childhood? Yeah, it's so funny. I, it's because it's what I've known. It's, uh, it's sometimes hard to answer that question, but I would say just the... There's, so there was so much stimulation, you know, in the in the people, in the smells, in the sights, um, and it was such a fun. It was such a fun childhood. Like there was such kind of freedom as well, like running barefoot the streets. But, um, just things that I don't think you're able to do or get away with sometimes in the states and certain neighborhoods. So I'm very very blessed. And I can only imagine the great Indian foods. It was superb, of course. Oof. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, I hated cheeseburgers. I hated any American food when I came back. I would not eat it. My poor mom. I was like, I only wanted my rice and dal. <laughs> I don't blame you. I've tasted it before, and it is so delicious. So, Mr. Chip, I understand okay. that you have been taking piano lessons, and how is that coming along? Are you a maestro yet or at the piano or what? <laughs> um, you know, I think I – think, um, one of the things that happens is, you know, you'll be very, very busy working on a show. Like in our case, you go away for five months and pretty much every day is accounted for. And then you can have a little bit of downtime. So I just try to fill my time with like new hobbies and skills to stimulate my mind and just continue to grow. And piano and keyboard is one of those things. I'm not a maestro yet, um, but it's, it's something that I just try to spend a little bit of time each day on and uh, hopefully someday down the line I will be able to refer to myself as a maestro. Ah, okay. Well, in the meantime, uh, maybe you will be such a maestro you can compose, you know, some music for one of us as lying seasons three, four, five, and on. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> that would be absolutely something. Absolutely. Well, anyway, Annalisa, Chib, thank you both for chatting the show again. Season two of One of Us is Lying. We got to find out which one it is. All eight episodes running currently on the Peacock <laughs> Network. So we don't know if it's Annalisa's character, if it's a Chib, or if it's somebody totally different. But we just got to keep watching to find out who it is. Dark Secrets. Thank you guys for chatting with me, and I'll see you on the Peacock Network. Yes, thank you so much for your time. Okay, bye bye. Take care. Okay, bye bye. It's only a movie. All right, we are back with more of the show. This is our uh, pre-Halloween show here on Film Festival Radio Show. Got your Halloween costume all selected. Some people get more than one costume. Do you have more than one this year? I don't have any so far. I just put on a little mask or something. But, you know, we've already been masking enough here. Well, anyway, October 31st. Let's, let me tell you something really cool about October 31st. In addition to being... Halloween, officially the Halloween date, of course. October 31st marks the 60th anniversary of the release of the classic film, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh my goodness. How many of you grew up watching, well, it's 
still out there, of course. But this film, of course, starred uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And it has remained just as popular as when it was first released in 1962 on October 31st. So the film not only was a hit, but it also kind of revived the careers of Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And it also spawned a whole new genre of horror movies. Yeah, the, the genre is the films that cast older women as as characters, these, these demented, you know, kind of spinster spooky babes. I call them psycho babes. And that's, well, older psycho babes. But that's, that's what, you know, the launching and the success of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane did. It really, really did revive Joan and Betty's careers. And it also spawned other copycat films. Similarly, yeah. In fact, they even came up with the name, the Hag Horror, or, or the Hag Hag Exploitation. It's another uh, term uh, genre that they came up with. And uh, of course, whatever happened to Baby Jane was directed by Robert Aldrich, and it was released on Halloween, nineteen sixty-two. So. My guest is a very talented writer. Her name is Caroline Young, and she has a new book titled Crazy Old Ladies, the Stories, the Story of Hag Horror. And the film delves, the book, I should say, delves into the whole genre of the hag horror, hag exploitation films, the characters, uh, the actresses, who portrayed them, who did so well. Psycho is another one, of course, Alfred Hitchcock, um, Sunset Boulevard, just so many from that era. And so Caroline has done a book about it. Again, the title of it is Crazy Old Ladies, The Story of Hag Horror. So if you love campy, uh, you know, films like this, which I do, then I think this is the book that you need to get. And if you know somebody who loves that whole genre of films, we're in the holiday season, why don't you get this book for them as a gift? So again, it's, a, it's just a timely overview, um, revealing some behind the scenes stories about the making of some of these films, of some of the actor actors and actresses, and just about the whole hag horror film genre. It's a, the book is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So I had the opportunity to chat with Caroline Young earlier this week. She lives over in Scotland. So she called us all the way from um, Edinburgh, Scotland. So let's take a listen to my recent chat just a few days ago with author Caroline Young about her new book, Crazy Old Ladies, The Story of Hag Horror. Oh my God. So let's roll it. We have our next guest on board here and I have been, I am just so excited to talk to her about her book. It's even if it was not Halloween season, I just think this is such a cool book. I'm speaking uh, about a brand new book. The author is named Caroline Young and she lives over in Scotland. And so we're talking to her all the way from Scotland and the title of her book is Crazy Old Ladies, The Story of Hag Horror. Caroline, thank you for joining me all the way from Scotland. Thank you. I, no, I'm really pleased to join you and speak to you about my book. Uh, somebody wanted me to ask you, uh, are you in Glasgow or, or, or are you in the countryside? Um, 
so I, I, I'm from Edinburgh, but I've just moved uh, to the Scottish borders. So, um, yeah, so I've moved to the countryside from, from the city. Oh, okay. But just today. So, just a yeah. few days. Okay. Well, anyway, let's yes. get to your book, Crazy Old Ladies, The Story of Hag Horror. Okay, first of all, how did you, I, I just think it's such a cool topic. How did you even come about to explore this topic, this genre of book? Well, I was, um, I got really interested in the concept of the book after watching um, the film Judy, about Judy Garland, mm -hmm. and uh, viewed the television series about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And there was another couple of films that came out at that time that kind of looked at what happens to actors as they age, as they get older, um, and they find that they don't get the parts anymore, and they have to kind of... Um, take what they can get and what was really interesting is that there was a whole um, genre of movies which cast older women in these really camp horror films and so I was I was interested in exploring that topic while not just looking at the films but also looking at the lives of the, of the actresses and kind of following you know what it was like for them as they kind of they were trying to stay relevant as they were taking on these roles so um yeah, so I just found there was so much to, to explore. It's a really fascinating topic. It really is fascinating. And these, so many of these films continue to be relevant and popular uh, among this generation. Uh, one in particular, I did not know this. I grew up watching, I think most of us, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, starring Joan Crawford, of course, and Betty Davis. But what I didn't know, but thanks to your book, that the movie was originally released on Halloween back in uh, 1962. So um, is, is, did that particular movie, did that help you to really get even more interested in the whole idea of putting a book together like this or what? Yeah, definitely, yeah. In fact, I remember watching Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, I think when I was probably about 10, and um, I remember just, you know, the shocking moment of the rats yes. being served up <laughs> and the kind of the humour and, and the horror. And, um, yeah, I that film is kind of the starting point for this genre, and it really, um, it was kind of a phenomenon, really, because it was so successful and no one expected it to be successful. And to have two women, older women, um, leading a film was really rare at the time. Um, so I think because of its success, it triggered kind of a, a lot of copycat films. They're all trying to get that magic. So um, there was some uh, a series of films that kind of had similar titles. There's one called What's the Matter with Helen? Whoever slew Auntie Rue? Uh, whatever happened to Aunt Alice? So yeah, it really sparked this kind of... Um, a series of copycat films, really, that kind of followed the same tropes. And you also write that uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, this was the first time that two women, two actresses over the age of 40, had starred as headliners in a film. I, I find that pretty interesting, too. Yeah, I think, I think there's it's one, of, one of the films. I, um, I think there's been probably a few other exceptions, but I imagine... Um, at that time, yeah, for two women to be over 40 to, to um, have their names over the title of a film was incredibly rare. So, yeah. Uh, as you were putting the book together, did, uh, and as you mentioned, and write that there were many copycat style films after Baby Jane, but did you spend time watching all of them or just a few of them or what? 
No, I spent, I, um, yeah, I, I searched them down to try and find them. Um, some of them are on YouTube. Some of them are um, trying to get the DVDs and order them in. Um, but yeah, I wanted to watch as many as I could. Um, there's some real, uh, really terrible ones. There's some <laughs> very good ones. Um, so whatever hap- happened to Aunt Alice, I think that's one of the one of the best ones, really. I really enjoyed that one. It stars Geraldine Page and Ruth Gordon. Um and yeah, it's, it's a really terrific film. What's the Matter with Helen? Um, that's another one. It's got Debbie Reynolds and Shelley Winters in it. And yeah, I think that's, you know, it's a, it's a good story. It's a good film. So um, yeah, so there's some high points and then there's some, you know, really um, quite awful ones as well that, um, that were fun to watch, definitely. I'll tell you another one that I remember, but this was a little bit later. Uh, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. That was... Ooh, as a kid, I, my mom did not want me watching that, but I remember it as an adult. And so, but it fit right in, um, directed by Robert Aldrich, of course, but it fit right in. Yeah. So, so there, I didn't even know this, but thanks to your book, there, there's a, they call it hag exploitation. <laughs> Goodness. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hag horror, hag exploitation, psychopathy. Uh, um, yeah. And there's, um, Grandam uh, Guignol as well, so yeah, there's a it comes up. There's many different names for the for the genre, but they all kind of refer to this idea of the older woman, the hag, I suppose, kind of an insulting term. Um, yeah, and this idea of you know, as the woman gets older and if she's single, um, you know, she she's going to be crazy or or demented or, or dissatisfied with her life. So they kind of all follow those that that trope. Do you ever see that? This genre, I mean, I know it's popular in the older films. Do you see it, you know, making a comeback with, you know, newer films or, or what? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, um, I, I, as I was doing the research for the book, I kept on noticing films that all um, follow that style. So there's, um, there's a Netflix TV series that's just come out called The Watcher and Mia Farrow, pops up in it and she plays this kind of creepy old older lady um there's a film called ma with olivia um with octavia spencer sorry and she plays this you know older isolated woman who who um you know wreaks havoc on on a group of teenagers and so yeah that has the clash between the old and young generation it's got the kind of the crazy older woman um so and who who lives and they often you know live in regret of their past or, or things that they didn't do as well. So um, yeah, so I think I think it's I've noticed a lot of films. It's coming. It seems to be coming back. Um, also, last night in Soho was Diana Riggs' last film, and again she plays a creepy landlady with dark secrets. So um, yeah, so I'm definitely noticing it in in um, films that are that are out in television series that are. I'm kind of glad that that they're coming back and for a different generation because they're 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 fun. I, I love black and white films, but I will always love the originals. That's just me. That's just me. yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it's really fun to to kind of notice um, all the little all the kind of um, the tropes that are, that are coming mm-hmm. back, or when you watch a film and you go, oh yeah, that's a bit like you know Baby Jane, or that's a bit mm-hmm. like Hush Hush. Sweet Charlotte. So, yeah, it's fun. I think it's nice to kind of see things that are, that are referencing the older movies as well. Do you have any personal favorite um, hag horror films? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I 
mean, yeah, uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, obviously. Um, but I, I put Sunset Boulevard into the category as well oh, because Norma Desmond, yes. you know, she's she's very much like Baby Jane mm-hmm. in a way, and that she wants to revise her career, and you know, she's living in the past. She can't quite let go of of you know the fame she had when she was younger, and she wants to have it again. She's um, lamenting her her lost looks. Uh, she lives in a in a sort of in a house with a um, with a foreboding staircase. So yeah, that's Sunset Boulevard is, is one of my favorite ones. Oh yeah, I forgot about Sunset Boulevard. Yes, absolutely. Huh. Well now, okay. Yeah. So how has uh, what's been the, the reception to your 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 book so far? Um, yeah, it's no, it's had really positive um, reviews. So yeah, it's it's um it seems to be seems to be doing okay. So um yeah, it's um. People have found it quite, you know, a lot of um, enjoyed the research and, and the, the affection I, I show for, for the films and for the actresses in it because the title of the book, I didn't want it to be sort of degrading. It's kind of making fun of the way that the women are treated, really, or, or how older women are, are kind of referred to in these films, you know, crazy or um, witches and, and hags and all these kind of demeaning words. So, yeah, hopefully people get that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just seems like as women, we just can't win sometimes. I mean, you just, there's just some things you can't stop. So I guess you, you may as well capitalize off of it if you can. So Absolutely. it yes. just wears you out with these, these actresses. You know, they're very talented ladies. Uh, any surprises uh, with some, uh, behind the scenes in the making of some of these films that you discovered as you were researching for the book? enjoyed reading about such as Tula Bankhead when she um, came to, to the UK to film Fanatic, a film called, uh, well, it was called Die Die My Darling, I think in the States it was also called Fanatic. And it was just, you know, it was kind of her last, it was her last film, um, but she really kind of enjoyed being a star, um, you know, and she kind of had, you know, all these kind of diva-like um, tendencies. So, yeah, that was, I enjoyed reading interviews with her because she and she was kind of referring to the film as you know she knew it was terrible but she was just doing she'd make jokes that she was just doing it for the money so that was kind of entertaining to read um and yeah just the kind of the conflicts between some of the actresses so um and what behind the scenes of what's the matter with helen debbie reynolds and, and shelly winters came to blows a little bit and and um i think uh, Debbie thought Shelley Winters was really getting into her, her role a bit too much um, and, and being a, a bit of a nightmare for everybody on, on set. So, yeah, that was interesting because, you know, we hear about the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, so it was interesting to hear that dynamic playing out there as well. Oh, yeah, and because, of course, Debbie was always known as to be kind of like one of America's favorite sweethearts, um, you know, and yeah. to hear that, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Well, yes. yeah. So she was playing, taking a, a dark, dramatic role. I think it was <laughs> one of her few dramatic roles. So yeah, it was really good. At, but unfortunately, that her career took a kind of a nosedive a little bit after that film. So it didn't quite have the effect yeah. she hoped. But um, yeah, which is a shame because you know she's so wonderful and talented. So it's a shame mm-hmm. that you know she she found it difficult to get to get part. Yeah, absolutely. Well, lastly, here um, does your book again? The book is Crazy Old Ladies: The Story of Hag Horror. Uh, does your book have its own website or own social pages or what? Um, I have a website which has a bit 
um, a mention of the book. So it's carolinejyoung.com. Okay, Caroline J with the letter J, Young. Yeah, that's oh, right. com, and people can find everything about the book. Just run out and go get it. Order it. That's why we have Amazon. That's why we have that. Oh, Caroline, I just yeah. wish I wish you were are any plans to come over to America and, and do some kind of book signings or book tour that we can look to or what? <laughs> Oh, I'd love to. Well, um, I've just come. I was, I was in uh, the States actually about a month ago. I was, I was doing research for a book about Alfred Hitchcock and Edith Head. So um, I did a, actually did a cross-country train trip from L.A. to New York via Austin and Wisconsin and Chicago. So, um, yeah, so maybe next year I can come back and do some, some book signings and, and book events, which would be really fun. What a lovely way to see America. I am in love with trains. And if America's train system was the way Asia and Europe's were, I would probably never get on an airplane. I just love trains so much, so much. Me too, yeah. Me too. If you get the sleeping car, then it's very relaxing. If you don't get the sleeping car, it's not so much. But uh, yes, <laughs> so, Yeah, I just love staring out the window. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, really lovely. Just, America's so fantastic, too to observe from the window as well, just oh, yeah. Yeah, changing landscapes. Well, now, you just mentioned, now, now you, uh, these Alfred Hitchcock, Edith Head, you are just on my book list here. Tell, oh, my God, the great fashion designer and the great director. So what what are you going to tell us about that upcoming book? So, yeah, so it's out next October, and it explores um, the films that Edith Head worked with Hitchcock on, um, some of the sort of, stories behind the costumes and their relationship, but also looking at the parallels between them because they both, um, they're both born at the same time, died at the same time, became famous at the same time. And, mm. and they really became um, masters of their own publicity and how they promoted themselves. And they're both quite controversial figures in some ways. So it was interesting to see those, um, the comparisons to make between the two. That is quite interesting. Um... I remember, oh, I'm such an Alfred Hitchcock fan, but Rear Window and the outfits that Grace Kelly wore, the charm bracelets, and one of the scenes. I mean, I just remember everything about that film. It just. Yeah. Well, yes, it so is. I think it's my favorite Hitchcock film, but yeah, yes. the, the costumes that he did created are just um, stunning yeah it's really amazing quite stunning i cannot wait for that book to come out and so i have your number i know how to reach you or just send me an email because i really want to read that book and uh, talk to you about that one i can't wait for it <clears throat> excuse me well, well, I will send you details when it comes out, and um, yeah, I will um, get a copy to you when it comes out, so you can have a look at it. Well, thank you so much, Caroline. Well, I know you're busy. You were mentioned earlier about you just in the process of moving to the beautiful Scottish countryside there, and uh, I will just say thank you for chatting with me to talk about your current book, Crazy Old Ladies, The Story of Hag Horror. So thank you so much for this book and for chatting with me. Thank you very much. Thanks. It was great. Okay. I look to talk to you next year. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Don't you know that you still have your things here? They still wrap me like souvenirs. I don't want to let you out my head. All right. That was the beautiful voice of my next guest. 
Yeah, that's Kim Cruz. Exactly. Thank you. We have somebody here that says, I know who that is. Yes, that is Kim Cruz. And we just saw her in action this past Tuesday night on NBC's hit show, The Voice. She is on Team John Legend. And she made it through the battle rounds. She won against uh, David Andrew. I always hate it when somebody has to go home, but that's, you know, that's how the game is played there. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about Kim. She was raised in a small town uh, called Woodville, Texas, and I happen to know where that is because I'm originally from Texas, and it's a lovely little bedroom community of a town there. But Kim has, uh, she's been singing most of her life. She sang in high school and church and just really made a good name for herself on social media as far as being a singer. And she has the talent to prove it. And now she is on the stage of NBC's The Voice competing and I had the opportunity to chat with her and to get to know her a little bit better after seeing her in action these past few weeks. So let's roll it with my interview with contestant from The Voice, Kim Cruz. Let's hear it. Okay, listeners, we have a very talented young lady we're about to chat with. We've all seen her talent in action on The Voice and I mean, she's a powerhouse. So we are talking to the one and only Miss Kim Cruz. Kim, how are you this afternoon? Hi, Candace. I am doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I am absolutely fabulous here. And, uh, of course, you're having, as for now, for sure, probably in more years to come, your best life. You are on The Voice. And I say congratulations. Thank you so much. Yes, life has definitely been great. Okay. <laughs> now, I am uh, from Texas also. Uh, I know where Woodville, Texas is, believe it or not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, I sure do. So, okay, we the whole world, you have put Woodville really on the map around the world now. <laughs> so let's start off by you telling everybody, what's the coolest thing about being from Woodville, Texas? So I think the coolest thing about being from Whitfield, Texas is the city being so small that everyone literally knows each other. Um, I feel so safe. I can I tell people all the time the nicest way to explain how safe Whitfield is is I can leave my car keys in my car in the ignition with all of my windows down overnight, and I can wake up and my car's still gonna be there because they know that that is Kim's car. <laughs> Yeah, you can't do that hardly anywhere in a, in America. Oh, my gosh, no. Well, yeah, I think it's cool to, you know, find all of this uh, notoriety and fame that you now have and, and be able to really enjoy it by living in a smaller town. I know that's, yeah, that's that's cool. That's really cool. So, okay, you had not one, not two, but how about four judges? <laughs> All four. Okay, can you do you recall what was going through your mind the very first minute, the first second that the first judge turned around, which was John Legend? Yes, I'll give you. So I just remember saying to myself when I walked out, we're just gonna breathe, we're gonna breathe, and just just go for it. If you get one chair, you're on the show. So and I did not want to look directly at the judges. So I just remember out of the corner of my eye, I saw John turn. And everything inside of 
<laughs> and so then after John turned, Camila turned, and I got a little more excited, and then Gwen turned, and the excitement just really started to like spill out, and then once Blake turned, I actually remember being so excited that during the song, I actually screamed out and said, yeah, because I just, I just still believe it. Oh my goodness, I probably would have been so excited I would have forgotten the lyrics to the song. But <laughs> oh, as but at speaking of song, it was uh, you sang best part, and uh, I think the best part of for you was having all those judges knocking on your door. Oh my good, yeah. that's so cool. So, so okay, Miss Kim. Tell us your journey. How do you go from Woodville, Texas, to to the stages of NBC and The Voice? I mean, what what's the uh, summary of your journey? How did you get there? So, as a lot of country kids, I definitely started off in church. So, throughout middle school, high school, I, I sang classical music, aside from gospel music and R&B. Um, I was a head start teacher, and then during a rehearsal one day, I sang a song, and I posted it on Instagram during my lunch break, and by the time I got back to work, my phone was going crazy. By the next day, the video had reached over a million views, and that video um, granted me the exposure to work with some amazing people like uh, gospel artist Jarvis Key. Um, I, I worked with Monica, and also I was on the Terrell Show, which is a YouTube series. So um, over time, I think ultimately it was like exposure that led me to this point of being able to be on the show. Um, I've auditioned for The Voice three times in total. And the fourth time was the job. <laughs> okay, okay. And here you are. I'm finding it, yeah. as I talk to uh, so many contestants from The Voice, our show has been talking to The Voice contestants since the show first began, season one. And you know, over the years, I'm really finding out with, I would say within the last two to three seasons, it seems like this kind of the norm for contestants such as yourself and others to have auditioned several times and then make it on like you've done so what what do you think was the the charm this time what what caused them what do you think that brought you through all the way this time i really think that this time around i was definitely prepared I knew who I, I, I know who I am. I know the type of artist that I want to be. And I'm just really confident in who Kim Cruz is right now. And I think the other times that I auditioned for the show, I just wasn't ready. So I definitely think it's all about timing and just, you know, really growing the confidence in who you are as an artist. That's true, because I think it's a lot of times we want these big, big opportunities and we think we're ready, but you know, 
sometimes we're not quite there. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, you are ready. You're on the show. So, okay. So, so far, um, what are some really that, that you can reveal? What are some really cool things that your your team captain has um, shared with you guys? One really cool thing that John has shared with us is the power in the melody. I think as singers, it's just natural to want to take someone else's song and find a way to make it our own to where we just stand out. And sometimes we forget that the people that love these songs love the artists way of singing those songs. So John really makes sure that we are definitely aware of really loving and appreciating the melody to songs and finding the beauty in that original melody. So I think that that's one really cool thing I've learned with working with John. Have you ever seen uh, John in concert? No, I have not. So I've never really been a concert girl. I think I went to my first concert probably maybe two years ago. Oh, <laughs> goodness. <laughs> I know. I'm a concert baby. <laughs> well, you know, probably some of that is because you've been performing quite a lot yourself. And so you just kind of haven't had a lot of time there. I, I totally get that part for sure. Yeah. Well, Okay. Okay, I can only imagine how your life has changed uh, with all of this attention, this national attention. Uh, so far, what's what's been the really additional coolest thing that's happened to you? Of course, being with the, the John Legend team is like way up there on the food chain. But what, what else in addition to that? Just seeing the love and support from people that I didn't even know paid attention to me. <laughs> Oh. Um, the love from my small town has been amazing. Um, I have everyone who knows me knows my favorite artist is Al Green, and right after Al Green is Chrisette Michelle. So during this process, I've actually had the opportunity to talk to Chrisette because she saw my my blind audition, and so it's just like who would have thought that this would be the voice would be the piece that brought me and one of my favorite vocalists together. That's good. That's really a good one. I, I love yeah. those kind of stories when, you know, when somebody gets to meet, you know, their favorite celebrity or somebody they really look up to and, and you've done that. But, you know, um, since Al Green, as we all know, has been a pastor for over 30 years. His church is not well, Memphis, not that far from Texas. May, mm -hmm. And you sing gospel. Maybe something can happen. Maybe you can visit his church or he'll, you know, and I call you up to sing a solo or a duet or something. You never know. You know what? That happened in June. No. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yes, so my, me and my dad are the biggest Algerian fans, so my dad would not get on the plane. His first plane ride was actually coming out to watch my blind audition. But oh. we were so determined, so I said, okay, daddy, this is what's going to happen. We're just, y'all pick a weekend, 
you, me, and mom, we're just going to go. We're going to do a road trip to Memphis to see our dream. So we get to Memphis, and the musician from his church reaches out to me and says, hey, how would you feel about leading the song when you come? And I was like, oh, sure. So Sunday comes, and we're just bubbling over with excitement because we finally get to meet our dream. So we, we go in the church, church is going on, and they call me on to see. <gasps> and the whole time, like, Al Green's just right there to my right, and he's just looking and smiling and rocking. And afterwards, he invited us to his office in the back, and we took pictures, and he gave me some great nuggets. And, yeah, it was a dream come true. Oh, Kim, <laughs> that is so exciting. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> oh, girl, you just living your life all day yeah. long. That's just amazing. Oh, it's been a crazy year. It's been a good old crazy year for you. <laughs> well, now I got a couple of last questions here. I know you have uh, sang with uh, the gospel singer John P. Key. Uh, and other people in that gospel genre have any has any of them uh, sent you a text or Instagram to say they've seen you on the show or what? Yes, most definitely. I have heard from just about everybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So you've got a big cheering squad on your side <laughs> there. I just want to go back a minute here. Now, did I understand that you said earlier that? You have studied, are you seeing opera? Yes, so throughout middle school and high school, I did have some classical training. I actually had a full ride for it to Stephen F. Austin State University in Texas. And yeah, I love classical music. I was actually a first soprano. I don't sound like it now, but I definitely <laughs> was there, a first soprano. <laughs> Girl, that's some talent. That's some diversities to go from opera to can sing R&B, gospel. That is diversity. That's amazing. I'm not going to ask you to break into an aria, but I'm just going to be thinking about it. <laughs> yes. I have to find that footage. That'd be some cool footage to post. <laughs> well, it's it's that's some some kind of ta deep talent there. So, lastly, here. Um, what would you like to do? Uh, let's say you are declared the winner. What would, what, what's the, you know, I mean, I know you'll get a recording contract and all that, but anything else, I mean, is, is Broadway or acting, any of that in your, your future on your bucket list or what? Yes. I would love, love, love to get into Broadway. I want to be in Dreamgirls and Hercules so bad. Um, Well, you so, are definitely um, proof of that. <laughs> you are. Thank you. I mean, just you've just spoken that you want to do Broadway, Dream Girls. Uh, you wanted to meet 
Al Green and you know all of this has happened for you so I will not be surprised to you know pick up the newspapers or turn on Instagram and see that Kim Cruz has got a starring role in Dream Girls. I will not be surprised, Kim. You are such a delight and you're such a positive uh, role model for people out there from small towns America to know that they can hit those big city dreams, big lights. And we're going to continue to cheer you on. So lastly, how can people contact you, vote for you, cheer you on? <laughs> so um, I would love uh, to have everyone follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Kim Cruz Official. It's also Kim Cruz Official on YouTube. I'm Kim Cruz on Facebook. And yeah, that is where I post everything, all updates, everything concerning the show, and just what goes on in the life of Kim Cruz is there. So definitely follow me on those socials. Well, we will definitely do that, and we will continue to tune in to cheer you on your journey on The Voice. So thank you, Miss Kim, for chatting with me. Thank you for having me. Okay, we'll see you in action next week. All righty, you have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, we are so out of time on this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Want to thank all of our guests and thank you listeners as always for joining us. And that's our special Halloween weekend show. And we had so much fun putting it together and talking with our guests from everywhere. So we'll see you guys next Saturday on another edition of the show. And remember, have fun, but be safe. Keep yourself safe and keep others around you safe as well while you're visiting us right here in Las Vegas. So we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.